Welcome to On The Hill Podcast. All right, and we're back on the hill. Back on the hill. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Episode, I don't even know at this point. Yeah. <laughs> we're losing count of the episode. We used to give specific episode numbers, but we're kind of switching things up. Some, some of the, uh, most of the podcasts we do, we don't have to edit, but we had a, um, a, a Petersburg firefighter on here. He used to be a police officer, and we're going to have to edit that one a little bit. Evan Jones, yeah. Yeah, he came on with a little bit of. Um, he got a little rated R at some point. I know him. You know Evan, right? Yes, I do. All right, so anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> so you, you can, can imagine, imagine how it went. It was probably fun, though. Oh, it was a lot oh, of fun. It was fun, <laughs> but we got to edit it. So we're, we're, we're privileged tonight and it's an honor to have you here. Thank you. The Assistant Chief of Portsmouth, Assistant Chief Nelson. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Welcome, welcome. to the Hill. So uh, there's so much to talk about with you. I mean, I just we spent like five minutes in talking. You met my wife for the first time and stuff. It was like, wow, there's a whole lot of info here. But... uh if you want to tell everybody your full name and where you grew up and, you know, a little bit about yourself as a child, we'll start with that. Okay. So my name is Nashayla Nelson. I am originally from Mullen, South Carolina. Oh, wow. So a Southern girl. That's the best. <laughs> but I am a military brat, so okay. oh, the wow. Army took us all over. So I think I'm from a little bit of everywhere. So That's pretty interesting. Fair enough. So the world is my home. The world is your <laughs> Yeah, well. So, um, as a military brat, I mean, were you born in South Carolina? Is that where you lived most of your life, or? No, I was born there. Okay. And we've lived some of everywhere from Kentucky, Texas, Tennessee. I graduated high school overseas, Okinawa, Japan. Wow! So oh, wow! We've been to Germany. So, been a lot of places. So, was your dad in the uh, what military branch? Both my parents went in the army. Wow! Okay, both of them. So, how yeah. did that work out? Both did, of them. Did they meet in the army? No, they're high school sweethearts. Oh, just like you and mom. Yeah, him and mom are high school sweethearts too. So the high school sweethearts joined the military and stayed together. I mean, that seems they must have had a pretty close relationship. Well, they they, they were married for twenty years, so okay. so they they lasted a while. Now they're That's both good. remarried, but um, I had fun as a kid. I must yeah. say, you know, That's awesome. every few years we moved, so I got the opportunity to meet a lot of people. Yeah. Make, well, I mean, new, make new friends and yeah, kind of adjust to new new places. Only reason I say that because I taught at uh, in, in Prince George for five years, mm-hmm. and a lot of the kids went to Fort Lee or what is now uh, Fort. Is it Greg Adams now? Yep, Greg Adams. Um, and I had you know some of them would be like two months notice. Be like, all right, well I'm going to Germany. Yeah, and then they'd go off to Germany or go off to Florida or wherever they were, and they were always those kids were always so just like. It, like with the flow, like they just adjust you, the stuff. You have to be yeah. because you, you know, one minute you're here and then the next minute you're, yeah. you're somewhere else. I think that it helped me a lot because I'm able to talk to anybody, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I get, I can tell those kids too. They made friends like that and yeah. they were just so easy to talk to and almost they grew up faster than the other, other yeah. students. You, you got to be able to deal with people when you're, your parents are in the military. You just, mm. Yeah. You, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, because, I, I mean, I've known, you know, I mean, we've all known people either in our professional life or as adults or even as kids. I mean, even in this area where Fort Lee being so close, there are a lot of people in school, you know, that I remember that were military brats. And I think some of them adjusted well and some of them, you know, probably didn't. Yeah. You know? So it's just anything else. 
Oh, yeah. I can I can definitely say that when I was going through it, I probably gave my mom a couple of gray hairs because I didn't <laughs> want to go to certain places, you know. Yeah. But now, as an adult, like, wow, those experiences were priceless. And, yeah. you know, my, my oldest, my daughter, she, she says all the time, why didn't we do some traveling like that? Why didn't we move? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, well, I chose to not... Right. Do that to you, and that's what you wanted. And she loves to travel now. Well, so. That's good. Yeah. Well, I think voluntary travel is different than mandatory travel, particularly yeah. through your you know developmental years and as you're trying to you know make friends and stuff. But you seem to be you seem to turn out okay. I think I did okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I'm gonna jump ahead. So you you and I really never have worked together. I mean, you know, we were in Petersburg together, and I can't. You probably don't. Remember, I don't know what year. Do you remember the year you? You transfer from Hopewell to PD, I mean, to Petersburg? 13. 2013. Yeah, so that's right. When I was in the middle of that lawsuit with the city, and I transferred mm-hmm. from um, the PD to the sheriff's office. Mm-hmm. But I did see in the parking lot, that back parking lot at the uh, at headquarters, that gravel lot, the famous mm-hmm. gravel lot. And um, you came in. I was, I mean, I was nice. I mean, I, we knew you were coming, I guess, I and heard heard of you. And I was like, I, but the only thing I said, and you probably don't remember this, I said, uh, hey, welcome to hell. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, I was an ass back then. But I was like, "Welcome to hell." And what did I say? I don't remember that. that you just, like you did, like you just laugh, like you know, people with class doing it, like, "Okay, I'll stay away from this particular person." <laughs> You're like, "Okay, That's thank funny. you." <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that. That's crazy. Yeah, I was like, "Welcome <laughs> to hell." Well, that place was hell, man. Well, you know what. Now, I'm not talking about the, the people that live in Petersburg or the city. I just meant the agency overall. But you might have had a better experience than I did. Well, you know, I found that there are problems everywhere you go because yeah. the common mm-hmm. denominator is people. Yeah, that's right. So, Well, I mean, you know, you, you went from, well, I don't So let's just back up for a minute. So it says in your bio that you were, um, you were in the military yourself. Yep, I joined the military. I was in the Army. Wow. I was just a reservist, though, but I was in the Army. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> One of my buddies, he joined the Marines and went straight to reserves, but he said that was some of his best times. I, I had a good time, and I met a lot of interesting people that I still talk to today, Yeah, but I used it as a way to help fund my education. Wow. Okay, so, so you joined the military as a reservist. Did, did, did you, so you graduated high school in Japan. Mm-hmm. So how did you end up in – did you go to college in Virginia or somewhere else, and then how did you get into how, – how did you end up in Virginia? Well, my dad was stationed at – Fort Lee, right. prior to us going to Japan. So we came back. So we made this area right. home. Hmm. So um, my mom is still here to this day. She just retired from probation and parole. Dang. So this this is home for us. Yeah, um, that's good. So I started off going to school here, started off going to Virginia State, and then I ended up transferring out, um, and I got my bachelor's from Upper Iowa University okay. while I was on a deployment. So, okay. oh, mm-hmm. well, see, you and I have that in common too. I'm, I'm a VSU alum. I teach there. Do you do? Awesome, yeah. Damn, seem to give me a part time gig, man. <laughs> what do you teach? Come on, I teach intro to American um, law enforcement and intro to criminal justice. Oh wow, huh. that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that's pretty awesome. Yes, yeah, so do you do something like summer classes or just are you full time? No, I'm an adjunct, so I teach part time, but okay. I do um, just I guess regular. That would make sense. Um, fall and spring. I don't do any summer sessions. Nice. Wow. That's pretty awesome. I didn't know that. So, it's fun. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, I got a crazy story because I went to um, John Tyler when it was formerly John Tyler. 
It's kind of like when you're talking about, you know, Prince, formerly the artist known as Prince. <laughs> I mean, this stuff's crazy, but I, I don't want to get down that road. But um, anyway, I was such a terrible student, so I had to, I had to go to it. Well, John Tyler back then was a different, it's not, wasn't on a semester system. It was like a quarter system. So it was mm-hmm. no more for his trades than it was for education. Anyway, then I ended up at Richard Bland, graduated Richard Bland with the VCU for two years, and then got out of college, just didn't graduate, and then... Um, started working and I was like, okay, well, um, I did a temporary job at, at Fort Lee, you know, mm-hmm. like a summer temporary hire. And then I ended up, um, my wife was, she had a good position there at Fort Lee. We, we actually worked in the same place for a little bit, DECA, defense commissary agency. I want to talk about myself, but anyway, long story short, <laughs> um, some of the, some of the, the, um, other workers there were like, Hey, you know, you ought to go to VSU. You might be able to get a minority scholarship. Right. Yep. So I was like, Hey, well maybe so. I mean, you know, I, I knew about VSU. I mean, I, I did. I grew up around here. I spent my whole life here. But um, I went in there and talked to them. They're like, yeah, that, that that does exist, but, you know, it doesn't really exist. It's not something that just we did, just have available for everybody. So I'm literally walking. I think it was Johnson Hall. Mm-hmm. And, and a guy started going, hey, hey, you. And um, it was a military uh, ROTC guy. <laughs> He's like, hey, man, you want a uh, ROTC scholarship? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to, but. I'm a senior, really. I'm only going to be here like for maybe a year. I'm transferring in a bunch of credits. He goes, it doesn't matter. Um, we got to fill it so you you're, you can fill this spot. And that was with no military commitment or anything. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe I, oh, I'm sure the guy's retired by now. This is over 20-some years ago, but 94. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I got that scholarship, man, and uh, spent – so basically went to college here for free. So, But, yeah, I mean, it was it was a good time for me. I mean, I, I commuted and stuff, but um, – I thought it was a great school. So Yeah, it's still a great school. Big state. My mom and my sister, they're alums. So oh, wow. Big state. That's awesome. How mm-hmm. long have you been teaching there? Going on two years. Okay. Yep, two and a half years, yep. Damn. See if I can get my minority in there teaching. Well, come on down. Talk about me. <laughs> come on yeah, down. Yeah, my, my buddy was, uh, I'm just um, talking my old roommate was a criminal justice major. Oh, yeah? And, yeah. And he, he ended up, now he does what, kind of what you do. That was Marcus. He was he was actually on the on the podcast too, but he started out criminal justice and COVID kind of messed him up, mm. getting jobs and stuff. So he ha- he had some paths set and then everything went virtual. So he kind of you know lost track of that and now he now he does. Um, He's working on his uh, qualified mental health professional yeah oh, okay. uh, certificate. That's what I'm working on myself. But. Oh, a QHMP. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I, he he kind of yeah. want to get get towards the. Um, the prison system and stuff he's talked about before. Dang. Run, <laughs> run. I'm just kidding. But um, yeah. So it is interesting. All right. So I, we die. We always um. He, it's his job to keep me back on track because I'll die. He likes to. Yeah. He I'll die bird off. I'll, I'll go somewhere. Um. Like I said, he's seasoned. Oh yes, seasoned. <laughs> All right. So, so okay. So you you ended up at um. You went to VSU, transferred mm-hmm. while on deployment. You got your bachelor's. Yeah. A lot of people end up. Um, and the military end up staying here if they ever get stationed at Fort Lee. I guess it, yeah. you know, it's, I guess it's a pretty nice area of all the different options, the yeah. different communities. You know, um, Colonial Heights, Petersburg, um, Hopewell, Chester, Henrico, so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so, all right, so okay. Now, did you go? So once you graduated, you mm-hmm. just moved right back to Virginia, or did you stay in Japan for a little while? No, when I graduated. I was on the first thing smoking <laughs> back to the United States. <laughs> yeah, that was that was back in 1998. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I missed home. I missed, yeah. you know, 
I miss the United States. So yeah. when um, there was an opportunity to come back, we all came back. My mom, my little sister, and I, we all came back yeah. home, you know. So, uh, yeah, so how was it? I mean, so when you went to school in Japan, was it like a, on a military base or you in a mm-hmm. J- Japanese high school? Nope, it was on a military base. No problems? No, I enjoyed it. I played basketball. Like wow. You know, got to experience, you know, 70-degree weather all year long. Yep. Crystal blue water. Man. The food. I'm a foodie. I like to eat. Yeah. So, yeah, Japanese food is. It was it was amazing. I mean, so um, did you live on base or off base? We lived off base. Yeah, I mean, I just yeah, wonder it was how right off base. How did how did the the, uh, the citizens? I mean, how were you treated by the people in the community? You know, what I guess they're used to military personnel, families being there and stuff, or was it? A yeah, shop? I'm, I'm sure that they're they're used to yeah. you know the military being there, and I was treated fine. Um, I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I just I'd, I'd be cool to be in 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 mesh in a um, another culture like that. Yeah. yeah, especially that age too. Yeah, because you know it's the age where you want to explore and do, so it was awesome. Yeah, you know I I did not want to do it when you know when it was the topic. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but now when I think about it, that was an experience of a lifetime. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So I I really enjoyed it. I mean, most people get to go somewhere to visit, but to live, because it was an awkward time for you, I know, being in high school, but still, that was, at least you're able to look back and appreciate the time. Absolutely. Now, once you got back to Virginia, was it like Army all the way? Was that your first choice, or was it? Oh, no. No? I I had said I was never going to join the military. (laughs) You know how you say these nevers and what you're not going to do, and then it was like, man, I'm, I'm Working these multiple jobs, trying to pay this tuition. This isn't. <laughs> right. uh, I don't know about this. Let me go talk to Uncle Sam. And so um, I did really good on the ASVAP. So I was able to get some good benefits out of it. And yeah, you know, sometimes you you um you have to make decisions when you're looking at what your end game is, right? That's right. So you know. Well, I mean, I think that's, you know, that's the, I don't know how, so if you're teaching now, you're probably seeing it is, it, it is a shift in the culture, you know, mm-hmm. between, you know, my, I'm, I'm 55. I don't know how old you are, but, um, you said mm-hmm. high school when 90, graduated. I'm 90. 43. Damn, baby, man. <laughs> well, you're old. I am old. <laughs> no, but he's anyway, not, he's not. He's seasoned. Season, season, season. Season. No, but what I'm saying is We're not going to use those words. Yeah, you know, I, I found particularly with the recruits and, and, um, teaching at the academy or even when I was a cop working with people is like, you know, everybody wants instant gratification, but you just, you just lay it out. The best advice people can give is, you know, you may have to do things temporarily to obtain that goal later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, you can, if you have something that you really want to do, if you set small goals towards it yeah. and you reach those small goals, you'll eventually obtain it. It's like building a house. You know, mm-hmm. you have to lay some type of a foundation. And if you lay the right foundation, then you'll be able to build. Not saying that it's going to be a perfect journey or that, you know, everything is going to go smoothly. You know, some sometimes the inspector may, may say you got to rewire those lights again. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it, it comes along with the path. But um, just staying tenacious and staying on the grind, you'll be able to to get the things that you want. And this um, it's a message that I definitely instill in my daughter, you know. That's right. Hard work pays off. It does. And that was good for you at that age to realize that and 
Oh, I had a mom that would that she stayed on my back. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, having you know, having you know, that's a, a lot of kids don't um don't have. I mean, we saw mm-hmm. it firsthand, you know, in Petersburg, you know, I saw it firsthand. I spent my whole career there, but a lot of a lot of when people make decisions or make bad decisions, particularly as a parent, really it ultimately affects their kids more than anybody else. Oh yeah. And that's the sad part. And you know, that's why I said Petersburg, you know, a lot of that was a mess, but I mean, I saw the human suffering and understood it from, you know, from day one. Where I think, you know, a lot of people just um, just saw the city as a whole as just bad. And it's like, can you not see, you know, what's going on here as far as, you know, the economic depravity and all these other things that mm-hmm. are happening? You know, schools that are substandard, mm-hmm. all these other things. It's like, okay, these kids are having; they're the ones suffering at the hands of these these people. And I, I'm not, I don't want to preach on it, but uh, what I mean, the people is like the council. They would just make bad decision after bad decision. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I explained to the kids in my um, classes, you know, because we, we talk about current events right. and we talk about Good. things that impact them, right? But they always say, well, don't you need more training? And why don't the police do this? I say, well, I want you to think about something. You are able to vote, Right. So if you use the power of your vote to pick people who have an agenda that you support, then they will in, they will in turn make laws, support bills that support the things that you support. Mm-hmm. And then because all the police are, they, they are the enforcer of the law. They don't write the law. They don't pass the law. They don't vote for the law, right? Yeah. So you have to pick people who are going to who are going to write bills and who are going to support bills and pass bills that support your interests. And then the police will in turn enforce those laws differently. So I need you to go and vote. Well, how do they respond to that? They they say they never thought of it like yeah, that. Yeah, good. I mean, yeah. I think so, what a great message. I mean, I mean cuz yeah. I mean, I, I've known people I mean, I'm 27 now and I've I've voted every year that I I've been mm-hmm. able to vote, um, but I've known people who have never, never voted. And I think a lot of people growing up and kids, they see social media as a way to voice their opinions, and mm-hmm. I think they feel power behind it. You, you hear keyboard keyboard warriors that term yeah. used a lot, and you you know you see a video on Twitter or Instagram and you comment, and maybe that's your gratification of the day. But that really doesn't do anything. It changes nothing. No. Doesn't affect anything. Yeah, it just. Right. That's, I'm glad you get that message. I mean, and our kids, you know, were raised. You know, we voted in every single election, and I think mm-hmm. I voted. I know I voted in every presidential election since I was 18, and right. at least all the local ones. At least for right. you know, I, I, mm-hmm. we made it a point. You know, and 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 our kids do the same. Um, like I remember, um, was this 2016? Yeah, but that election. My wife had a neck surgery that same morning, so we had to wake up at the crack of dawn so she could vote prior to having the surgery. <laughs> That's how serious she was about it. I'm like, dang, you but, sure you want to do this? But it, it's it's important. You know, a lot of people don't realize it, and even um, the years where it's not a presidential election are just as yeah, important. that's right. You know, so that's one of the things um, that my kids, they understand. Good. Well, you're going you're gonna to go vote. You know, my daughter... Um, with her being at law school, tell her I told her make sure you get your absentee ballot. Oh, hold on, hold on. What now? Law school. <laughs> yeah. What? That's like we're talking like royalty, man. This is. Well, yeah, my my daughter. Pushed she, her in the right direction. 
Well, she she pushed herself. I just, you know, encourage. Try to encourage her. That's awesome. But yeah, she she graduated from ODU early and decided mm-hmm. that she wanted to go to Boston University for law school. Mom cringes because of how, of how far it is away. You ain't lying. Yeah. <laughs> but I've learned that it's only an hour and 15 minutes on a plane. So I can still get to her quickly. Wow. How does she like Boston? She loves it. She, she's in her third year. Man. Classes start tomorrow. Oh, wow. So. Well, good luck. Yeah. Boston, you, yep. man. That's, that's legit. I'm proud of her. Yep. Yeah, I got it. I'm sure you are. That's awesome. Yeah. Is this her first year in Boston? No. Or she's been there for this third, is year, third year? Okay. This is year three. So bring it home, Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> well, hope she, yeah. And I don't know you, but I'm proud of you. So we yeah, need good lawyers. Big time. Yeah. That is, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, so that, let's get back to Mama here. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, in the military, you graduate, you had part-time jobs. You, I, I, you you graduate in Japan, come back to America, join mm-hmm. the guard. So, what 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 tweaked your interest in law enforcement? Was that something you thought about in the past, or or? Well, my um, degree, my under my undergrad is in criminal justice, but I was just kind of like, uh, I don't know. So, I did armed security. Okay. And I'm like, man, these people are cursing at me, throwing stuff. Yep. <laughs> I might as well be the, the real police. So, um, there you go. Okay, so, it went from there. And uh, I fell in love with it. So, yeah. So, did, did um, were y'all living in Hopewell? And that's what made you to think about Hopewell, or, or you just. Well, I had applied at Hopewell and Petersburg at the same time. Pete down. And mm-hmm. Hopewell had ended up. Calling me back first. Well, good. I mean, and you ended up in P Town, but yeah, ended up in P Town, and and honestly, Petersburg is what gave me some of the bigger opportunities. Yeah, worked yeah. on some some cases that were you know mind boggling. Yeah. Um, as a detective, they they made me a sergeant and made me the first female to supervise narcotics and to supervise hmm. major crimes. Damn, I didn't know all um, this. Yeah. I was gone, dog. Yeah, you were you were gone. The legend had left the building. The, the, the legend who who I still teach my um my executive staff and we talk about Liverman B. Petersburg and social media policy. That's right. So yes, you are a legend. <laughs> you, are, you, are. you Google that name, yes. that's what pops up. So um Yeah, there yeah. But, yeah. I can't go into the whole case, but everything in that document is not all was factual. Just check that <laughs> yeah. out. Believe that. So, but anyway, yeah. um, it is. That's true. Um, but some of it is. But anyway, um, so you came. So when were you hired in Hopewell? And you said you 07. came in 07. So you were six years in Hopewell. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, but you, I mean, what did you just patrol officer the whole time or anything else? No, I did community police. And then I was a um, detective for a little while, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yep. And then when I went to Petersburg, like I said, they made me a detective in major crimes. And then right. I became a sergeant and then a lieutenant. Wow. So they shuffled me around a good bit while mm-hmm. I was there. So I was a lieutenant in every division yeah. before I left. Um, and then I became the chief in Maxton, North Carolina. Dang. So, all right. So we're jumping ahead a little bit. So, <laughs> so you got your bachelor's, but while you were in Hopewell, you were working on your master's. Correct. I have a um, master's in public administration with a concentration in disaster management. Wow. From American Military University. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, um, so when you got the Petersburg, you already had spent s- six years on mm-hmm. the job. 
Mm-hmm. And you get in there, they recognize, you know, not only do you have the experience, you also have the education. So they give you these opportunities in major crimes, promotion to sergeant, and promotion to lieutenant. Yep. Yeah, because a lot of times, you know, I were talking about before the podcast, and, and, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I do make fun of Petersburg a lot, but of course I sued them. And, and um, but every, a lot of what of my entire life is, is, um, and the things I've seen in the way I, the way I am is because of my time there, right. good and bad. Right. But I mean, you, when you, so you went to major crimes, you said, you don't have to name names, but I mean, what kind of, what kind of case do you think that the kind of like you said was mind boggling? Was it, what kind of case was it? I worked a quadruple homicide. Which one? I mean, was it on? Harding Street. Yep. Yeah. So that, those are the kind of things that, that was a tough case. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I guess it's public knowledge, but what people don't realize is you get involved in these cases. You know, I started off like child sexual assaults and, and those were mm-hmm. just, you know, if you can't get, uh, you're personally involved in those because you're dealing with children. You can try to separate yourself, but you, it's, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Same with a homicide because you're speaking for the people who are deceased and right. and you're trying to bring, you know, um, honor to the families. You're trying to bring justice to the, the perpetrators. So it, it, it's nothing more important than that. Right. But it'll change you. Oh, yeah. You you definitely have to um, find ways to enhance your coping skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got to have some emotional intelligence because you're dealing with some of the worst of the worst. That's right. So it's yeah. it changes you. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, you know, I, I did homicide, too. And um, it, it definitely is. It's, I can't think. Of, I mean, we, we cops get a lot of bad, you know, hits, but. Unless you've been there and done that kind of stuff, you have no idea what it is yep. to do it. Yeah. You're, you're speaking mm-hmm. for, the, for the silent, and it's not only that. You've got to you got to have your stuff together because one mistake can blow the entire case. Yep. Yeah. And how long did you do that? How long did I work in investigations? Mm-hmm. Probably three, three or four years. Oh wow! It was a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so going back to patrol as a sergeant, it was a okay. So a change. So you were in investigation. <laughs> how, did did you volunteer to go back, or was it a? Well, you you know how it goes. You um, they give you an assignment. They say, hey, you're gonna be right. Okay, sergeant, and you got this squad. Right. You okay. Know? Cool. So, so so if you want to be a sergeant, here's your squad. Basically. Gotcha. Yeah. So. Because some of us got put back in, in in patrol for like a punishment. I didn't think that was your case. Well, well no. Uh, <laughs> but I'm for I'm, promotion is <laughs> right. But you know, a lot of people see patrol as a punishment. Yeah. But in my opinion, patrol is a backbone of a police That's department. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have patrol, then you can't get to anything else. That's so right. yeah. you know. I think people miss that. Yeah. Without that, you wouldn't have investigations you wouldn't have you wouldn't have anything exactly exactly so for me i I took every transfer as an opportunity to learn that's it yeah yeah and you have the right mindset i mean that's where you are it's why you're sitting where you are now um that's great and i think i mean what else can you say i mean not only we're dealing with a female in law enforcement was unheard of when i started i mean there were Mm -hmm. maybe one or two females i mean i'm telling you i know i mean i was there and that was i started in 94 Mm-hmm. So, you know, there were some females, but it was not like it is now. And not only then, I mean, it was like a select few because there were only a few. But, I mean, it just wasn't the same as it is now. 
So you're representing females, minority females, and you're out here, you know, setting it on fire. So, well, thank you. That's badass. I, I'm sorry you. to cuss on your podcast, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just warn your friends. But I'm doing pretty good tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's keeping it G-rated. It's good. <laughs> all right, so now, so you're in there. You make lieutenant, mm-hmm. and then you said you did all all the divisions as a lieutenant. Mm-hmm. First female in charge of um, investigations. Yep. So a lot of first, and then then you end up being chief down in uh, what was the uh, city? Maxton, North Carolina. It's a small town outside of Lumberton. Yeah, I remember like emailing you or something on the messenger, like, "Hey, congratulations!" Yeah, and Lumberton. Sure did. Yeah, yeah, I know the area down there. Yep. We drive through Lumberton. Yeah, when we go to the beach and stuff. Yeah, yep. That's yep. really awesome. Exactly where it's at. So how how did that, how did that feel? I mean, that's the top the top dog, man. The- it was it was interesting because it was a small department. They'd had a female chief before, but okay. they, they never had an African American female chief okay, before. Good. So another first for you. So it was another first, <laughs> but it was interesting. I had a good time. Um, it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about um, enhancing my time management skills and building relationships because the department was in a um, economically challenged area, mm-hmm. and you want your people to have the best. That's so how do you how do you manage that? I had to enhance my grant writing skills. Yep, that's smart. Yeah, you know, uh, and like we talked about networking. So I was able to. Um, be a mentee to some people who are at very large departments in North Carolina and and even reach back to Petersburg. Yeah. You know, hey, my guys need computers. My guys need tasers. We need X, Y, and Z. I was making a laundry list. The worst you could <laughs> say to me is no. That's right. You know, but when I got finished, they had what they needed. You know what I mean? That's nice. And they were accredited when I left. They had an, They had a state accreditation when I left. That's big time too. Yeah. Now, what, what was your connection there? Was it? Absolutely no connection. I saw it one day and said, I'm going to apply for this. <laughs> and my mom said, you're not going to move to North Carolina. I said, well, mom, I'm just a lieutenant in Petersburg. These people are not going to hire me, but it'll be a good opportunity for me to work on my interview skills, yeah. for me to just, yeah. you know, just see what it's like when, when chiefs go for interviews, yeah. right? Next thing you know. Boom. <laughs> and, and I just say that um, sometimes you have to move out to move up. Yeah, that's and, right. Out of your comfort zone. Oh, yeah. That's what that shirt we told you about says, uh, if you're comfortable, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, uh, a motto we came up with and made some stuff with. But yeah. anyway, mm-hmm. it is. Not- Once you get comfortable, you know, yeah. you, you just... you. Particularly in this and this job is particularly this more applied to you know um, people. I'm not saying obviously applies applying for jobs and moving up, but yeah, you know, I was more about everyday officers on the street getting lackadaisical, getting oh, comfortable, yeah. not changing mm-hmm. their time, not mm-hmm. changing the, the times they check buildings, parking in closer <laughs> spots to the entrance to the store, oh, all yeah. those things that put them at risk. But it could be applied, you know, lifelong. So yeah, mm-hmm. and that's never easy changing. You didn't really change careers, but you changed positions. Changed your your yeah. living situation. <laughs> yep, it it was a whole new you know environment, a different uh, culture, um, just everything that I wasn't used to. But we talked about before being a child who yeah. w- was a military brat. Mm-hmm. That came in handy. I you bet. know, yeah, it, it had to come in handy. Yeah, yeah, it it came in handy, and, and it helped me adjust. 
and it helped me, you know, work through some of the things that a lot of people probably would have had a problem with, you know. Yeah. There you go. You, I mean, you look at some chiefs go, go up in their hometown and move mm-hmm. up and that people know them. And, and in your case, probably no one knew you there. No one. And, and how did you go in like your first day, your first week and say, hey, I'm I'm the chief? Was it? Oh, I was met with a lot of resistance. <laughs> I was going to ask you. Yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> oh, I was met with a lot of resistance. One guy told me, you look too young to be my chief. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can uh, follow you. I said, well, you know, I can assure you yeah. that I, I'm definitely old enough. <laughs> um, have a child your age. <laughs> but wow. um, I think I'm well poised for the job. And I said, you know. It's not about you following me. It's about us working together to provide a service here. That's right. And, um, you know, this is our first time meeting. You'll make a decision on whether you want to stay or not, but I want people who are <laughs> going to be who are going to be on this team because we have some work to do. Yeah. And you were going to stay no matter what. And, and absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so the answer to his question was that the, the uh, ball was in his court. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean, because think about it, you. Like, like what you just said is like, okay, well, you can decide whether you stay or not. Not like... Whatever, however you feel about me, I mean, I hope I can provide you with enough, you know, um, whatever, not respect, because he's need, he needs he needs to gain you. You just don't want him to automatically just um, accept the position. You want to gain his respect, but in Absolutely. the end, if he can't, hey man, there's the highway, you know. Right, and it was, and that was doing. You know, I did employee one on ones, so everybody got an opportunity nice. to come in and talk to me. And and at that point, we were talking about what are what are your goals. Right. What is mm-hmm. it that you want to do? What is it, you know, what do you feel like you specialize in? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And what can I do as the chief to help you with your weaknesses? Those are, that was what that meeting was about. And it, and then it turned into talking about me. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, I I mean, I feel like in a town of that size um, and a small department, you already Googled me. Right. You already, you know, did your research to figure out who I was. But that's okay. We can still talk about it, you know. Right. And we may have some similar experiences. You never know. Um, I don't, I feel like I've never met a stranger. So I feel like we can talk. Mm-hmm. But we still have to have some type of a mutual respect. Even if you don't respect me as a person, you have to respect these eagles that I'm wearing. Right? <laughs> yeah. So how, how, did, how did he, how did it end up? He stayed for a while. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> you know, he, he left on good terms, but he stayed for a while, and okay. we actually had ended up having a very good working relationship. Good. Well, that's good because you're, I mean, you were pushing for their best interest. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm sure that helped the overall picture too because not in a selfish <laughs> way, but they're probably, you know, pushing towards things that they believed in and that made yeah, them believe absolutely. in you more. Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, we didn't talk about this, so, I mean, this is all... We really don't plan the show. Um, so I, I'm trying to, I mean, we're two different people. I'm like, you know, more abrupt, I guess. But if I was in your position as an African-American female and I got some guy sitting there saying, um, you know, I don't think you're old enough to be my chief or I can work for you, what, however he, he said it, I mean, he may have been the bigger person, but I'm, I'm like, is that really what he's saying or is he trying to say something else? You dig what I'm saying? Well, through well, he probably was, but for me, I'm already winning. 
Well, that's right. Yeah. I'm I'm the chief, right? <laughs> yeah. I, so sometimes if you um engage in certain stuff, then they they want. Right. They beat you. So I believe in documenting things. Yeah. I believe mm-hmm. in managing people when they don't want to be coached, counseled, or corrected. Okay. And yeah. then they they will see themselves to the door right. because if if you start um, doing certain things, and especially for an African American woman, you'll be labeled as an angry black woman. I got you. You'll be mm-hmm. labeled as all of these things. So even when my internal self is screaming, <laughs> yeah, because you're human, I, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, you gotta. You you can't do those things. Well, good. Yeah. So that's smart. So there were plenty of days where I screamed and yelled in Petersburg. <laughs> Right, but yeah, you, as as you grow, you you have to change some of your behaviors. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Nah, you, you did it the right way, and you're right. I mean, that was that was, that was a great piece of advice. Not saying it was easy. No, that was, <laughs> no, you did though. I mean, that's the thing. You just don't give people what they want, and they want that confrontation. They want that that they want to see you, you know, get your goat is the old saying. But uh, oh yeah, if you don't fall for it, kill them with kindness, and now mm-hmm. what? Yeah, like you said, they lost at that point. Yeah. yeah, and and let me tell you, my my mom, oh my goodness, she used to get an earful. <laughs> she used to get an earful. Yeah, we need we need to uh, thank your mom too, man. Yes. Well, you already thanked her, I think. But anyway, we'll thank her too. Thank all the good mamas out there. Yes, thanks, mom. She go check <laughs> us out. She's like, who is yes. who who is this bald cat that got you on? Uh, <laughs> I feel bad because I shaved my beard on uh, last Friday. He's all self conscious because he's. Baby faced. Yeah, even my wife's like, maybe yeah, grow that grow that back. So Oh my goodness. Dang. No, looks, it looks fun. clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, masses your head. Yeah. All right, so I right, so you <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Um I had to hear it all weekend, so um so then um you go from the chief's position. Mm-hmm. Did you, is that when you went over to the assistant chief position, or was there any mm-hmm. gap in between? Nope, there was no gap. I wanted to get back closer to home. Yeah, and I wanted the experience of being in executive leadership in a bigger agency. That's right. So Portsmouth provided all of that, and then not to mention I was well, I was I still am working on my PhD, and I got a second master's, and there you go. I would do a lot of um, volunteer work, too. Um, I'm in Continental Societies Incorporated, and we do philanthropy work for kids. Oh, wow. So up to age 18, mm-hmm. we, we provide scholarships. We do all types of stuff. If it um, helps with the betterment of the life of a child, that's what we do. What's what's so, the name of that again? It's Continental Societies hmm. Incorporated, and we're all women's yeah. philanthropy group. Oh wow! That's and awesome. there's a Tri Cities chapter. Oh good. I mean, that's one thing. I mean, you know, this people don't know a lot about. I don't talk about my personal life much, but I was basically raised by my mom. I mean, my, I, I do have a stepfather, but early on, and, and the biggest mentor in my life was my mom. So I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like and and the truly, you know, the matriarch of our family. Our family is a matriarchy. It's not, mm-hmm. not a patriarchy. No, we got some strong women. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So seeing you and saying that, when you say it's all women's group, I feel confident is something's going to get done. I mean, I, I just, I just, there's no I, other way to see it. I oh, mean, yeah. you know, secretly, I guess people will look at us like, well, you know, well, I, I knew from an early age, men don't run <laughs> Jack. 
they may think they do, but it usually and it's always somebody behind them. Hopefully, yeah, their wife I, or, or whatever. Yeah, I so enjoy that group because we do so much. You know, we we read to the kids. We we pass out books. We do safety, you know, safety stuff. When when the holidays come, we're buying Christmas gifts. We're doing turkeys for Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, we do a lot for kids, and and I like it. You know. Well, I mean, there's nothing else more important than than kids to us. I mean, I mean that's just like you know, um, when I was when I was uh, coming up, and once we had our kids, I mean, I knew my purpose in life then. Which is my mm-hmm. kids. There, there was no other substitute for that. There was nothing else, you know. Um, I will say this though, and 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 we'll talk about this with you too. Is you know, my wife was diagnosed with cancer. I still, I'm trying to get through it. I, I hard to even talk about it, but um, you know, I, I think I knew it that when we, what we've been through for the last two years, she's can, cancer free now. But I was like, I think for a while I thought like my kids were that was it. You know what I mean? There's nothing mm-hmm. more important than my kids. You know, because mm-hmm. they particularly when they were little. I don't if I'm trying to. This is coming out right, but you know, as my kids got older and now they got their own lives, and in your life, and, and as a couple, your life transitions. But then we were on a trajectory, and once you got cancer, that was you know put on hold. But then I think I realized again who the most important person in my life was. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I think I told her, I said I didn't think I could love you any more than I do, but I do. So. It's crazy. But that's why you married her, though. You have to think about it. That The Bible says, you know, once you raise your kids up, they're, they're going to leave. Yeah. They're going to make their own lives, and then mm-hmm. it's going to be you and the person that you married. Yeah, that's right. Right? That's right. Yeah. So um, for me, it brought me back full circle with my children as well. My son is 15. Hi, Jacob. <laughs> um, and he um, he's autistic, right? So it made me think about well, what's going to happen to him. You talk about right? what, what, what you talk about you, you your cancer diagnosis. Yes. So um, mm. that was one of the first things that I thought about, like what what's going to happen to him. But I have a really strong um, family unit. My sister right. um, is Jacob's caregiver, so of course. My family is the reason why I was able to, you know, fight cancer and not be stressed. They, they're the reason why I was able to take these jobs, all these places, yeah. because um, we're, we're so um, close, so well niched together. My sister, she's always um, helped. And then my daughter, she said, Mom, you're going to be fine. I said, I, I'm crying. I'm like, I'm sick. And, <laughs> yeah. and she said, Mom. You're gonna be fine. I have no doubt. And I said, Well, I, I just just tell me that you guys will make sure that That's he's right. okay. She said, You gonna you gonna be fine and I Google the type of cancer you have and you're gonna be fine and <laughs> Jacob is gonna be fine and we're I, she was like, uh, do you, you want some coffee or not, Mom? Wow. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So what well, uh, <laughs> So what was your what was your type of cancer and when was the diagnosis and you're um you're cancer free now? Yes, I'm cancer free right. now. I had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm-hmm. So mine is a blood cancer. Right. So I woke up um one day, well, um while I was down in North Carolina, I was having a chest pain. So I went to the emergency room. And the lady said, Well, we don't see anything. We may need to do some blood work. Um, so she sent me to the emergency room. I waited for three hours in the emergency room. The lady does a, 
EG, she says, oh, well, you're not dying, so you can go back in the, emer- you can go back in the lobby and wait. Mm. So I come home for Christmas, and I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, day before Christmas. I'm like, ah, oh, it feels like somebody is stomping on my chest. Yeah. So I drive myself to the emergency room, and you know when you, you, you have to make a decision. Am I going to John Randolph or am I going to the standalone at Colonial Heights? Right. As I'm pulling out of my driveway, right? So I go to John Randolph and um, the doctor, I don't even know her name. I just remember she was the pregnant doctor in the ER. She says, we're going to run every test possible on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the nurse says, we're going to take another sample of blood. We saw something, but we don't think it's right. So we're going to run it again, but you're going to go and get a chest x-ray. I had a mass in my chest, the size of my fist next to my heart. My goodness. And they sent me to the cancer Institute immediately. Right. So that afternoon I was being seen by the, um, the doctor. So I did chemo. Yeah. I rung the bell. I wanted to break it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm in remission. Good. So that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I mean, your, your life story is, is amazing. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm speechless really, but I'm glad you're cancer free. Me too. Yeah. 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 I saw you at the academy. You were coming to teach, um, some, one of the classes at the academy. I, I reached out to you, to, to the recruits and, yeah, I, I didn't know. I think you had lost your hair then or, yep. or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and, and you had told me that, and I was like, and I think I had told you my wife had cancer too. Yep. Yeah, that was. That and was, I was following you guys ever since, yeah. keeping an eye, <laughs> keeping an eye on your mom from a distance, like, uh, what are they doing today? Sending, <laughs> sending little, little messages, tell her I said, yeah. she's so doing did. a great job. You did, yeah. yeah she, she's uh, tough. It, she's yeah. tough. You know, it's funny, the kids never said what your daughter said, but I felt like they felt like, I'm going to get choked up here, but they felt like your daughter felt like she could be okay. Yeah. yeah. I never like, had a doubt. It's almost like denial, yeah. too, in a sense, though, you know? You but you, yeah. you know. But I grew up with it, her being yeah. tough and get, get us through everything. Yeah. So when I look back at it, I was I was like, yeah, she'll, but, she'll push through. and. But, you know, on the days when it's hard, mm-hmm. it's good to have people who who just give you that extra oomph that you need, that extra yeah. strength, because sometimes you don't want to get out of bed That's right. or you just, you know, you're like, oh man, I got to go do this again. And to have people who are like, oh, you're going to be fine and not giving you that, that room to um, have self-pity or right. to, to right. fall into depression and those things, it's important. And so it, it gives you um, that extra faith that you need and, um, even down to my former employees in Maxton, every week I was getting a, a postcard from them. They were sending me letters in the mail. Wow. And they were sending me like uh, cards and little puzzle pieces, and I had to put them together to get the message that they were sending me. Wow. So, you know, to know that you have people that are thinking about you from near and far, mm-hmm. that, that does something for you. Yeah, so, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, faith is, is it, man. Yeah. You know. Well, I'm thinking about that and the fact you're still doing volunteer work and helping other people just shows how big of a heart you have. And I, I know, I'm not sure how um, able your son is, but I used, I, mean, I worked at a Faison Center um, in Richmond when I was going to VCU, mm-hmm. and I was a school for autism. And um, 
we, we helped kids after school and from I think our youngest was five or six all the way up to 24 mm-hmm. and you saw the whole yeah literally the whole spectrum I mean the ones mm-hmm. who were doing homework by themselves but you know were kind of awkward around people mm-hmm. and then I had a 24 year old who still couldn't speak and we were trying to get him to do simple tasks and and that was one of my hardest jobs I ever had but my most rewarding so I look yeah. and I always want to have a chance to talk to people who who raise a, you know a son mm. or daughter with autism I know it's yeah not easy no it's not easy but I keep saying that I have an amazing family right, right. Yeah, yeah because when we think about all the stuff we've talked about Working homicide. You don't know when that's going to happen. That's right. <laughs> you know, you you have no idea. Working midnight shift just and just having the job that we have, yep. right? So it'll be 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm at my mom's doorstep. She's like, you got to call out. You know, kids ended up with keys. Um, <laughs> and I was lucky to have supervisors at that time that would say stuff like, all right, Nelson, Go go home and cook for those kids, right. right? So they would kick me out of the office. I would go home. We do a little bit of homework. You know, I have a you know some time with them, just in case something happened. That's right. And stuff like that was um, it, it was invaluable. And then um, just having the help now and have and, and being educated enough to be able to advocate for Jacob at school. Mm-hmm. You know. That yeah. give you those little blue books. And I read his, you know, with all of his rights and all of those things. Right. So I can go and ask for him to have a one-on-one and, and say he needs to sit in class with, you know, regular kids so yeah. that he can learn and so that he can be socialized at school. I understand that learning American history and about Jamestown Colony because it's right down the street from us is important. But I need for my son to be able to uh, have life skills, be able to tie his shoes, count money, do the things that are going to give him independent living and take out the things that he may never use because some things we don't, we learn in school, but we don't use them in day-to-day conversation. And those are the things for... um, kids that have special needs mm-hmm. need to be, right. you know. A different type of education yes. or modified education. Yep. And so um, my my boy is fun. He, <laughs> he, he out of my uh, two babies, he's the sweet one. He'll hug on you. He'll know, love yeah. on you. That's good. Yeah. You know, and my, my daughter, she's sweet too. But he's just, he'll have you wrapped around his finger, immediate, around your finger immediately. Oh, yeah. He's just... Yeah, he's the sweet one. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. And that's what I loved about Faison when I worked there was we we worked with the kids counting money and mm-hmm. some of the older ones we'd take, Kroger was right next door, so we'd go grocery shopping and have them pay at the register and just those yep. interactions they, they probably never had before. Yep, they help. Yeah, they help mm-hmm. big time. Yeah, things that, you know, we say normal, nobody's normal, but we take that for granted. But yeah, I mean, yep. those, those are the skills you got to have. I mean, yep. I wish schools taught more of that anyway. Yeah. I didn't know how to write a check. I didn't know how to yeah, why? Yeah. do taxes. Well, we've been <laughs> yeah, say, right. as parents, we've been saying that, and uh, I think my parents said the same thing. Is like, <laughs> well, they used to teach um, home economics, or not home economics, but uh, economics class. Yeah. 
But it took that out. I, I don't know, man. We could, it's, yeah, we could go on and on and on about what. <laughs> yeah, managing what, money and, you know, because as soon as you get to college, you're going to send you an application for a credit card and the system, yep. you know, the cycle oh, yeah. begins. That's what they do. So. Yep. But he he's doing he's doing well. And I'm a firm believer that kids um, outside of, your, you know, your your site. They may have a totally different personality. He's so independent at school, mm-hmm. and he's independent at my house. He gets to grandma's house, and oh, good. Grandma yeah, you, does her thing. <laughs> that's good. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's great. Oh, it's um, it's awesome. I, I I couldn't take anything away from the um, relationship that my son or my daughter that they have with their grandparents. Good. I mean, that's that's key. Or their yeah. aunt. And they're yeah, lucky. Awesome. They're lucky to have that because a lot of kids don't even know their grandparents, mm-hmm. or uh, maybe they, you know, deceased or maybe fractured relationships. So, mm-hmm. you know, it the, sounds like your daughter's pretty independent too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, she's super independent. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. All right, so you're down there in, in Maxton, right? Am mm-hmm. I saying it wrong? Yep. Nope. You said it right. You apply for Portsmouth. Yep. Could you get that additional, um, that additional training at a bigger agency? Mm-hmm. So you apply, interview, and bam. Bam. So how's it there? How's it in Portsmouth? Portsmouth is an interesting city. Yeah. Can I inter- can I tell you a little story so funny? Okay. So while we were teaching um at the I was teaching at the academy, we had a lot, you know how that works there. It's, it's a it's a um regional academy, so you have mm-hmm. people come from all over to help teach. So you've had people from participating agencies and, and outside the agencies. Mm-hmm. But we had a guy, I think he was working for DMV, maybe, or maybe juvenile justice or whatever it is but anyway he i said hey man you know, never met him but i think we're teaching dt or something maybe firearms we're shaking hands hey i'm eric liberman nice to meet you yeah I'm, you know i'm i'm for i'm at dmv now but i'm now i, I used to work in p-town i'm like p-town i'm like mm-hmm. hold up though p-town i said you name some of the folks that you know he, i said well did you know so-and-so and so-and-so he's like no nah. i said well name some of the people you worked with but he wasn't talking about petersburg you're talking about Portsmouth. The big P. <laughs> I was like, hold on, dog. <laughs> now, I, and that's what I told him. I said, no, nah, dog, P-Town is Petersburg, bro. I don't know what this Portsmouth crap is, but yeah. come to find out, Portsmouth ain't no joke. Oh, no. Pistol City. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I took a, a law fit class there in Portsmouth uh, at the uh, Portsmouth Sheriff's Office. And they they had to like, kind of watch the area we ran in because we ran like kind of in a near that little uh, training facility. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't worry. We have people posted. I wasn't worried because I was kind of used to P-Town, but... uh. Yeah, it was a little sketchy. Yeah, that, that's what they said when I first started. They were like, "Oh, you came from Little Max, then you're gonna you're gonna get an experience." I said, "This is a big Petersburg. I'll be just fine." So is it kind of a lot like Petersburg? It is. Um, only difference is that it's bigger. So demographics, crime per capita, all all the same. Right. Mm-hmm. So I mean, how do how do you how were you were you received? Or how are you received there now? You know. As assistant chief, I mean, I, what, it had to be a transition. First, your chief well, going to assistant chief, and then well, going from uh, chief to assistant chief, that part didn't didn't bother me. I've never, I never get hung up on titles. Okay, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like you can learn something from everybody. That's right. So that that part definitely didn't bother me. The um, the chief, and now we just got another assistant chief. So. We have a great working relationship. The staff Good. is great. Um, we have some captains that have been there twenty plus years, twenty five, twenty six years. Man. So they're a wealth of knowledge, mm-hmm. and 
I go to them and say, hey, teach me this or show me that if it's something that I've never seen or if it's something that is the Portsmouth way. And right. I always ask the question, well, why do we do it like this? Right. You know, because, you know, in, in law enforcement, we'll say that's because we've always done it like that. That's right. So um, I believe in being a student of the craft. Okay. Yeah. So. No, that's super yeah. important. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's this is something we were just talking about um, last week. I was taking a, a peer support class at the academy at Crater, and they were talking about the fire department versus the police department. Mutual aid, okay? Mm-hmm. So fire department, they've had mutual aid forever. Like, there's, a, there's, a, you know, there's an agreement, there's a signed agreement, but it's also an unspoken agreement that, you know, if certain, a certain amount of engines are out of the house in, in your city or county, the other, the other city or county is going to compensate and, and move mm-hmm. into your or take your calls for service and so forth. Mm-hmm. The idea that and the police department do it sometimes when you know they, it's like a, a mayday call, but or whatever. Um, but for the most part, we don't work too well for other people. So you get in house, and it may have changed now. I've been out for a little bit, but um, you know, essentially, like you said, this is how we. This is the Portsmouth way. This is how we do it in Portsmouth. It's like, okay, yeah. and it may mm-hmm. not be the best way. You're like, dude, yeah. what about this new stuff? You know, yeah. so I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying just Portsmouth. It's every every department. Yeah. So you get together with another agency and you're trying to talk about, hey, like let's say let's use the academy for example. We have different agent uh, firearm instructors come from you know other agencies. Well, we like to teach them this way. We like to teach them this way. It's like, all right, guys, you know, we got to mm. come to some kind of agreement or something simple like traffic stops. Yep. Argue about what side the, the uh, secondary also goes to. It's like, wow. Can't believe we can't figure this one step out. <laughs> and and these are the people we've give guns and badges to. Oh yeah, <laughs> I say that all the time. Like, because ah. the ego, the ego. Yep. Yeah, the ego takes them down, man. Yep. I mean, yeah. I've, and I've been guilty of that too. I mean, you know, as you get older, you get wiser. But you know, early on, you think that's it. I mean, I always thought Petersburg was that's it. That's the only way to do it. The hell mm-hmm. of everybody else. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, of course. And I, I could probably say, going. To Max, and I probably felt like Petersburg, because it was the most recent, right. was was the way. Yeah. And, you know, but like you said, it comes with, you know, changing your thought processes yeah. and, I'm, you know. I'm sure Portsmouth has gained a lot having you, too, because you know, some of the guys have been there 20, 25 years. Mm-hmm. And you come in from Petersburg and then from Maxton, you have all this other experience. Hopewell, yeah. And yeah. Hopewell, yeah. Yeah, and I just, so you know. you bring a whole other point of view in yeah and i hope that they that they see it you know what i mean right um because like you said sometimes we, we're a little hesitant to change or just to even be questioned about stuff mm-hmm. but um i think that it's working well good yeah. now how long have you been there a in year Port- and a half i started there in january of last year okay mm-hmm. that's pretty so, awesome yeah. and yeah. What, what do you kind of what's your daily like day to day are you Overseeing? Are you out on the on the streets at all? Or no, is it- I'm not out on the streets. Um, now that we have another assistant chief, I do um, logistics and admin stuff. So I'm in charge of um, training and recruitment. I'm in charge of fiscal services. Hmm. Um, in, anything dealing with money, <laughs> grants. Good, yeah. <laughs> um, we have a community engagement unit. I'm in charge of them. I have traffic mounted patrol. Mm. Um, like I have just about everything that is um geared around fiscal and support type. Okay, stuff. yeah. So I mean, that's the, that's a lot of agencies don't have that. So 
you know, you might have, and that's, that's, that's kind of what we were talking about earlier before the podcast is you have, and I'm not saying this about you, but you know, let's take about other agencies where somebody's trying to get a grant written or somebody's trying to get this other equipment needed or, you know, whatever you can think of, but they've had no particular training in that area at all. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's, there's a way to do all these things. Mm-hmm. That's oh, yeah. kind of what you were talking about. Yep. So now you're working on your PhD. Yes. So, so here's somebody with a uh, bachelor's, two masters. What was your second master's in? It's a uh, master's in philosophy in public policy and administration. Hmm. That's interesting. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think that's cool. Because, I mean, anyway, I, I could talk about, we could talk about that for an hour. But let's, let's right. so um, <laughs> now you're working on your PhD. And yes. For your PhD, you had to come up with a thesis. A thesis. Yes. And then, and then research it, and then yes, prove or disprove it. Correct. So is it is it is it true if you if your thesis doesn't pan out, you you don't get your doctorate, or is, it could be either way. It could be either way because what you're doing is um, you're supposed to be filling in a, a gap and providing like positive social change. Okay. So it doesn't necessarily mean that. Um, what you're doing is defunct. It could be a foundation for somebody else to pick up your work right. okay, and I think do more good. later. Good, because I mean, mm-hmm. gotcha. yeah, because if if you that wasn't the case, because I've heard somebody say otherwise, I was like, well, you would just you would um, have wasted all those years. Yeah, that, yeah. and also you would you would gear your research or your your stats to be to prove your thesis. Right, and then not even be ethical. I'm not saying you, but I'm saying I can see where people will start doing that. Like, damn, if this thing if this thing doesn't work out the way I said it does, I'm done. It's like, <laughs> well, I'm gonna kind of find people that agree with this, so I can get this thesis through. But so, what's your thesis on? So, organizational impact on police officer mental health. Okay, organizational yeah, impact on police officers' mental health. Yep. So, looking at like training, yeah, like. Yeah. The organizational effects, like what policies, what what training, because you got to think about it. When you um, are a newly promoted sergeant, yep. we teach people how to write reports mm-hmm. or check reports. Yep. We teach them how to do use of force. We teach them how to investigate the officers if they get in a minor fender bender, what paperwork to send up. But we never talk to our newly promoted supervisors about how to... Um, deal with their officers. And I'm talking Mm -hmm. about just engaging with them. You know, you could have an officer that may come to work 15 minutes early every day. And then for the last week, they've been coming in uh, right before roll call. Their uniform might be disheveled. That's a person you might need to have a conversation with. Is everything okay? You know, and those are um, skills we don't teach. Right. We, you know, I've found that there are a lot of um, departments that don't even have wellness policies. You know, so we're, we're talking about something that we think would be common sense or something that we would think right. would mm-hmm. be basic, but yeah. it's really not. Yeah, it's not. And, and you know, if you talk to most officers who retire or lead the profession, they'll say, you know, they, you ask them, you know, what happened? And they're like, admin. Mm-hmm. So they love the job. I, I mean, I, somebody asked me, like, how long did you do? I said, 21 years. I said, oh, and uh, you miss, I mean, I miss the job. I don't miss the other. This is how people saw I miss the job. I don't miss the other bull. Right. And, and, and the thing with that is a lot of people um, will say that and it's because they don't understand the why. You know, when you um, get to a certain position, you have to make tough decisions. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they're decisions that everybody's not going to agree with. But yeah. I think people would agree or at least understand 
why you're doing certain things if you just talk to them about it. You know, oh, yeah. if you just explain to them that, hey, the the agency will be liable if we made this decision versus this decision. I have to look out for all 315 employees and not just the one. That's right. No, right? I agree with that. So sometimes... Um, I call it self-inflicted wounds. <laughs> Sometimes we, we do more damage to ourselves just because we don't talk to people. Yeah, I, I think that's key, you know, and, and or the other part of it is, um, and my, this has no reference to you or Portsmouth or anything, because I, I don't, know, don't know anything about Portsmouth. Just from my past experience, I mean, you had people in positions that I know they had no training of how to be a supervisor. Correct. They had no interpersonal um, relationship skills. And, you know, it, it, that was the detriment. I mean, and it goes back to the very first training also receives outside the academy is that FTO training. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants to be a field training officer, mm-hmm. they'll do well because they're interested. When I came out of the academy, I think there was like almost 20 of us, and they had to make people be FTOs. Mm-hmm. And now that I look back over it, and I thought about this, you know, years ago, is you can almost, you know, tell the tra- trajectory of the officer by the field training officer who trained them. Yep. If the person was sincere, they did fine. If the person was made to be the FTO, yep. it almost ruined people's career. In fact, two of the people, they didn't they didn't make it more than a year in Petersburg. And what had nothing to do with what happened in on the job, it was they had the worst field training officers. I mean, yep. it, 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 they just they ruined their but mindset, it, you know. But it's true. Training is important. Um, and it's one of the things that I, I harped on when I was, you know, in Maxton. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of the things that I that I don't have to harp on as much in Portsmouth because um, once we put it out there that one time, hey, you all need to go to training. You will be some of the best trained, um, well-educated people um, in a uniform. Mm -hmm. So they have taken that, you know, they've taken those sentiments and they've run with it. And now um, if you get promoted in Portsmouth, you're going to do a new supervisor's training and we have a series of training that everybody, no matter what your rank is, you have to do. And it's a, a year-long um, virtual um, supervisor's training oh, that you have to do. And it touches on a little bit of everything. Um, and now we have um, partnerships with different schools. So if you want to go back and get your education, you get 40% off at Liberty yeah. oh, or awesome. Regent University has a, a discount for our people. So we, we're trying to, to create this uh, holistic officer through mm-hmm. training, um, through tradi- traditional education, and now we have a full-size weight room. Damn. You know, So we have a, a full gym. Any and everything you can think of is in this gym. Um, we got it through an endowment from a citizen. Man. So... Like we we are we're working on a holistic approach Good. to mm-hmm. having quality people work for us. Well, it's like you said, you're building a, a foundation. Yes. With whatever you do, and it does. I think it does come from. Well, it does come from the top. And I think mm-hmm. you always hear people say they fall back on fundamentals, but if that mm-hmm. was never there in the first place, then that's right. They fall back on, and at that point, it might just be fight or flight, where it's, you know, they're falling back on, you know, maybe like if you if like you said when the the guy came to your first day and said, you don't look old enough to be my mm-hmm. chief. And if you would have just fell back on self-defense mode and attacked mm-hmm. him in a certain way, then it wouldn't have gone like mm-hmm. you wanted it to. I think you train these guys, men and women, mm-hmm. to train them the way that you want them to act and want them to supervise, and it completely changes everything. Yeah, you you have to 
you have to say the change is going to start here. That's right. You, you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, it's like running a marathon. You got to start running it, you know. <laughs> you got to make and, that first step, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that's what we're doing. It's not a sprint. When, you, when you're trying to create change, it, it's a marathon, yeah. you know. You, you, it's got to be steady and consistent. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming you, you were helped at some level, the um, person who helped push these changes that you mentioned. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's it. I mean, and, and you know, I, I don't know anybody that's going to turn down training that's good training, and particularly the idea of even having a weight room because, you know, that's the one thing you're going to find out is how many people – when it comes to physical confrontation, you know, if you don't put in a little bit of that effort ahead of time, you're going to find out quick when you get go hands on. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 yeah you know, you know mm-hmm. how that is. But yeah. I think that's huge. So I hope, hope, hope the people there take advantage of it. They are. Is you know, of course, when you do anything, oh, uh, yeah. there are naysayers, right? And um, with the, the gym facility being um, in the same building where I work, I see people all the time, Good. Yeah. Uh, day in, day out, around the clock, using the, the facility. And we're having That's more awesome. and more people sign up, you know, that are going back to school and they're, you know, taking advantage of all of these things. And then the training, you know, we see all of the training requests. Good. So it's, I think that that shift has started even, um, you know, the FOP, they're even paying for officers to go to school. They're giving the officer scholarships. So you can get um, your traditional education in Portsmouth for very little to nothing. That's good. You know. Well, it kind of takes the first step away. Yeah. Whether, where they're maybe timid to do it or they're, I don't, yep. I, can, I don't have time to drive to the gym. Yeah. It's like, that's already there for them. It's free. Like the discount's there for them. Yeah. For going back to school. So you've yeah. already taken yeah. that step for them. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I did my master's at Liberty and, um, I can't remember how I heard about it, but yeah, they've always given law enforcement, EMS, first responder discounts. Yeah. Oh, you had it too? Yeah. I didn't, oh, okay. I yeah, they give that. that generally, but I don't think mine was a 40, so you guys might have worked out a better deal. Well, the way we they do the, the regular one is like 25%, yeah. and then if you sign the MOU with them, um, they'll give 40%, and then all the chief has to do is authorize saying, yeah, you can extend this to anybody else that works in my particular city. Mm. And so other city employees would get like 15% off. Wow. So, um, and it's not like it's something that was a brilliant idea of mine. We did it in Petersburg and I said, oh my goodness, I took that same yeah. idea with me to Maxton. Mm. Um, so in Maxton, they had Liberty and Columbia College um, because the college recruiter came to Maxton and he's like, hey, I want to offer your guys. I'm like, oh, let's do it. So they right. can. <laughs> and so um, when I that was one of the first things I did when I went to Portsmouth. I told the chief, I said, hey, listen, I, I think this is a good thing. It's a, it's another option. Yeah, well, you know, a it's a thing. it's a benefit to working here with us. Yeah, let's do it. And he signed off. I'm on sure, it. yeah. Anybody, <laughs> yeah, if you don't sign for that, you're. Yeah, and it's a good education. I mean, I can speak mm-hmm. for Liberty. It was it was not easy. My sister got her master's yep. from there, and she started working on her PhD. I've been trying to like <laughs> nudge her to go back and finish it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she's she's got her master's from Liberty. She loved it. Yeah, I loved it, man. It was it was a lot of writing. Tell you that. That's what she said too. <laughs> but I, I definitely, you know, became a smarter person. There's no doubt about it. Learn yeah. how to research because when you research, you're learning, and then 
I mean, it turned me on to want to learn more and more. So it's never too late. Oh, no. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, even if it's just going back and just getting a certificate or, you know, perf- you know anything. Anything. Yeah, like for Eric, I mean, he, you know, he was a teacher. We, we wanted both our kids to go to college. And, 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 and I remember him as a kid, like, I want to be, a, you know, something mechanical or whatever. I'm like, do whatever you want, but you can get your education first. Right. And now he's in HVAC, so he's... He, Graduate college. Show me the money. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it was a t- it was a big jump. It was a complete 180. But yeah, I, I mean, finished teaching in June. Mm-hmm. Then that next Monday, I started my apprenticeship, and you was, probably love it, don't you? I love it so much. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. I love it more because yeah, it's once you got there and work, particularly dealing with people, and you're not just dealing with the kids, the parents, the administration. It's so much to mm-hmm. that that you know. And it taught me teaching taught me more than. I learned a lot in college, but the in the classroom experience when you're up there in front of thirty kids and you have four classes a day and you're emailing mm-hmm. parents and talking to admin and sitting in those meetings, mm-hmm. you're like, Am I am I allowed to be doing this right now? <laughs> so right. you put me in charge right now. And then you build up those like you said, I've I've written a grant, I've you know, you learn how to type emails and talk yep. to people. So that's translated now where I, I see someone new every single hour I and mean, we're on calls nonstop. Mm-hmm. And with, you know, with through that, I've learned how to talk to people and deal with different things where I've seen guys who've done it for a long time, you know, a mad customer or something. They just don't know. How, they can't mm-hmm. deal with it in that moment. But I've, I've learned, you know, I've had kids going off on me and breaking up fights. And it's like you just have to be mm-hmm. the calm kind of and stay in the moment, but also kind of try to resolve the situation any way you can. So, yeah. I don't know. It's just... Yeah, a lot of the times, it's, it's not about you. It's about, yeah. the, the <laughs> you know, the situation. It just so happens that you're there. That's right. And you're catching, you know, the brunt of their frustration. So, it's good that you you found a way not to take it personal because, oh, yeah. you know... Yeah, that, that's the hard part for a lot a lot of young people, for even for a lot of people, particularly in, in law enforcement. They take yep. that stuff personal. Like, dude, you got to see beyond this. Now, somebody punches you in the face. That's yeah, the that's that's something totally different. <laughs> but, you know, like, um, before they go to the academy, um, myself and the other chiefs, we always give the new people, you know, kind of like a little pep talk and just tell them, hey, listen, right now, this is your time to go and academically excel. Mm. you're being compensated, you're being paid to be a student, right? And then when they get ready to go to field training, we have another talk with them. Your field training officer is there to guide you and help you. But remember, you're seeing people on their worst day. That's right. They are not calling the police because they have solved their problem. They're calling you because (laughs) they don't have the answer. Mm. So don't take it personal. Don't. And, And... Go to something positive. If you see some kids playing Little League, step out your car and watch them play or something, you know, something Mm -hmm. to separate you from all the negative stuff that you've been seeing during these 12 hours. You got to learn how to to decompress. Coping skills are important no matter what you do, whether it's HVAC and the the 60-year-old lady is mad because (laughs) it's 90 degrees in her house. Oh, yeah. People are not happy about that. (laughs) Yes. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's anything. I, I know, I know we said this a couple of times, but uh, Dr. Greenberg, he said, um, I think it goes for any, any profession, but you eventually die the death of a thousand cuts. Yep. And I think it's how you 
deal with them in that moment. And yeah. How you deal with those Piece cuts. yourself back together. Yep. Yeah. Hi, Dr. Greenberg. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yep. He's, he's a good guy, man. All right. We're not going to give him too, I don't want him to get too confident, too, um, <laughs> too cocky. Too cocky, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so wind us down. Anything you can think about? I mean, what, what is, what is the future? So you got, you're working your PhD. I know, mm-hmm. um, you got some other stuff going down. Well, I have my own small business. It Uh-oh. is called Center Solutions LLC. So it just keeps on going and going. It's the consulting <laughs> business. So um, I've found that a lot of people um, are having a hard time with knowing what they want to do with their their career or, or where they want to go. So um, I take time to help them, whether it's write a resume hmm, okay. or if they need career coaching, I can prepare them for interviews um, teach them what classes they may need to take, um, whether it's for career progression. If they want to be a detective, I can tell you what classes you need to take, mm-hmm. what you need to prepare for. Um, so I do all of that. And then um, for businesses and organizations, I can uh, do policy reviews. I've been on several um, accreditation teams and, okay. and wow. manage that stuff. I write grants. Um, so it, it's it's a consultant firm, and if I can't help you, I have a network where I'll refer you out to somebody who can. Wow, that is really awesome. Yeah, it's we'll fun. Make, yeah, it does yeah, sound fun. Yeah, we'll make sure that um, we put all this on on when you know this is will be on YouTube and um, whatever uh, Spotify. Mm-hmm. He had his little spill at the end of the show, but <laughs> um, we'll make sure all of these all that's on there for people to check it out too. Okay, so it's called Center Solutions. Yes, LLC. Yes, and you have a website for that. I have Instagram, Instagram for okay. yep. Okay. Yeah, we'll website will be coming soon, but Instagram for now. No, <laughs> think about this: PhD awesome. mother, of course, you're a mother too. Your daughter's in law school, but mm-hmm. then your son, and then assistant chief. Or de- is I saying that right? Yep. Deputy chief. We usually we always said deputy chief, but all right, yep. but everybody has a different name. Um, it's the Portsmouth way. Portsmouth. <laughs> then you got also got your own consulting firms. Like wow, yes. Yes. multitasker man. Well, you know what? Um, I just like to to stay busy, and I'm looking at the future, right? Mm-hmm. So um, five years, I'll be ready to lock down this what? VRS. Okay, so <laughs> all right, so that, that's your goal: five years of retirement from the VR uh, from law enforcement. Maybe I'm, I'm, yes. I'm not trying to speak for you, but well, that that is my goal, but um, I won't be old enough, so. Well, if you, yeah, but I mean, there's other things mm-hmm. to do in the interim. So correct. So my goal is five years. By then, um, Center Solutions will be doing everything that I want it to do. Right, right, exactly. And I'll still be teaching. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. So, so I mean, that's that's the thing people don't realize. I mean, there's so. First of all, you know, I I always tell this everybody is like, um, and this is the last time I counted, eleven people I retired with. You know, seven of those people are dead. Yep. Yeah. So only four mm-hmm. are left. And, you know, it's through, um, you know, two through suicide. The rest are just, you know, um, one person had a stroke and a heart attack, um, another person a heart attack, but, and one cancer. I mean, I could lay it all out, but the point is this job is stressful. Aside from this life, life stresses, stressors, mm-hmm. you know, this adds to it. So, you know, all this, this wellness stuff you, you, you're helping put in place at um, Portsmouth is laying the groundwork for people to, to have a career during their law enforcement time and outside law enforcement and yeah. also when they retire. Right. Because there's more to this than just that, you know. Exactly. And, and the thing is, 
you you can't just be one dimensional. That's right. You know what I mean? Like like you just said, think about the people who who've retired and come back and you're like, man, you you really need to be doing something else. Right. So um I don't want to hang my hat on just law yeah. enforcement. So um I'm looking towards the future and yeah, yeah. and like we talked about earlier, small goals, small attainable goals, so that by the time I get to these big goals, mm-hmm. they'll be easy. It's like uh, eating an elephant. How do you do that? One bite at a time. Okay, so that's how I do my goals. Yeah, I used to tell her, Cruz, make that deposit, man. Yeah. Like a bank account. Everything yeah. you're doing, you're making a deposit. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. you're, yeah. I mean, you're a prime example. You're, Whatever you build up in a certain area, people are, think they're scared to leave because of relationships and things they built up, but your knowledge stays with you. Yep. No matter where you go. Can't take mm-hmm. that from you. Can't take that away. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. And, you know, and you're right. People retire and they come back and they're doing this stuff talking about law enforcement. It's like, man, you know, there's so much more to this world than that. And, you know, yeah. really the best way to, to ensure you can do something else is some kind of education, whether, like you said, certificate education from a college whatever you can learn a whole new trade you can learn yeah. a, new, a new skill yeah because yes, you, you can get out of retirement literally you gotta be 50 years old and, and 20 years of service to draw the um leo it's at 20 years you gotta serve 25 years to get that basically it's like a 1.75 multiplier you get mm-hmm. basically half of your best three yep. years but if you do it at 20 you're only taking off 10 percent of that if you do it like me 21 is only about eight percent less yep. per the vrs retirement but the Leo is the same. Mm-hmm. And that's what people have to understand. You got to make make the decisions that are best for you. And I know for me, um, I'm, I ascended fast. So where else is there for me to go? <laughs> that's right. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I want to do something um, that's going to fulfill me. Right. I like to travel. I like to do, you know, I'm a foodie, like I was telling y'all earlier. So why not be able to have my own business, travel, consult, yeah. you know. And have that pension and come eat in. And and have that check, yeah. yeah. Have that pension That's come awesome. in and eat and then have your own business. Yeah. That's it. I mean, what else is, it? What else is there, man? Right. Yeah, and that kind of leads in, I always ask every guest this, but if you're, well. Well, ask if you motivation and then yeah, that's one, yeah. oh, I'm sorry I got it man <laughs> so that was a leads right into it when you're uh I mean I don't want to speak for you but your own business you teach you both your kids um what's your daily motivation when you get up every day well I um when I get up I ask God to um just give me sound mind and sound judgment to make the right decisions from a pure place and um, I have a scripture that I keep in my office. It's Psalms 46.5, which is, if God is within her, she will not fail. So I feel like yeah. um, you may not always be perfect and you may not always do things um, right. But if you try and if you um, learn from the mistakes and the things that you um, didn't do so right before, you can be a better person. So I try to um, be better today than I was yesterday. Bingo. Well said. <laughs> I think everybody should live that way. Yeah. And yeah. Th- th- now we got our quirky question. Yeah. So if you were in the hot seat, if you were in your, your death chair, your death penalty, uh-huh. what would your final meal be? 
This tells a lot about somebody. My final move. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah, we don't have death row anymore, but if you were around, um, yeah. We ask everybody that, by the way. So. Could it be like a, a, smogus, a smorgasbord of stuff? Yeah, yeah. just whatever and, you want. And the reason why I ask that is because I would get like... I have an aunt that makes some amazing macaroni and cheese. I would need that macaroni and cheese for my aunt. Um, I would need for my daughter, um, when I was going through treatment, she was making me these smoothies. I would get her to make a smoothie. Like, it would be random foods, but it would be something from um, my family members, people who wow, are the closest to me. Wow. That says a lot. Especially because you you said you're a foodie, so. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, man. That's awesome. You think of anything else you want to part with? Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm blown coming. away, man. I'm blown fun. away by all the people. That, I mean, we listen to a lot of people's stories. That's really what On the Hill's about. But Just telling uh-huh. stories and learning about somebody. And, well, yeah. I enjoyed it. And we want people to you know go back and as your business goes on or whatever. Hey, you want to know a little bit about me? Check out this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and think about some guests, you, some people you might know that want to come on. And, I sure will. I'll send you some people. Yeah. <laughs> I know some great people. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. We'd love to hear I, from them. Oh, yeah. Yep, I have some friends out there who um, have businesses and do things for, like, youth. Yeah. Um, one young mm-hmm. lady has a mentoring program. Um, it teaches kids self-confidence. Um, and then they have a dance program attached to it. Oh, wow. They're great. Um, and another friend, um, he was once in law enforcement, made some bad decisions, um, became a felon, and now he's got all of his rights back. And now he's doing um, workshops and um, just started a nonprofit to do a reentry program. Dang. And he teaches other people how to get their, their rights restored. And he's... So I That's have some awesome. people that might be that'd be cool. It might help. It'd be them. fun. Yeah, yeah. Be a lot of fun. I mean, coming yeah. on the show. I mean, it's really about we just like doing it. But the other part is, I mean, we just do it. I mean, it's we don't gain anything from it. I'm saying, no per- right? We just like to meet people. I say we gain the knowledge of other people. That's what we like. So, but I think it's a platform for people to just be able to talk and learn and just have amazing people on that you can see different yeah. perspectives and stuff. Because I think. Yeah. Um, just from watching some of the podcasts, hmm, I didn't know that. Or, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that it'll be be fun. It would be fun. Yeah, we might have to have you on as a regular. I'll, I'll be more than happy to come back. <laughs> just let me know when. I think we just touched the surface. So I don't know. Just let me know. Yeah, we'll, we'll go delve deeper yeah. into the mind of uh, Nashayla. Let I me ne- know. Never called you that by the first name. So. I know. Nelson. I know. So. I know, and yes. I tell people all the time, I have a first name. <laughs> yeah, law enforcement, yeah, I'll, I mean, the last thing. So I, I used to work with a guy for like tw- almost 15 years, and I only knew him by Google. And one day somebody's like, hey, Tony, and we're standing there, and he finally turns around, and he's like, yo. He's like, who? I said, Tony. <laughs> Who's Tony? I said, who the hell is Tony, man? And I, he, I, I made fun of him forever after that. He hated me after that, but I was like, bitch, you ain't no Tony, man. Oh, <laughs> got to cut that part out. That's Maybe okay. not. All right, let's wrap it down. He got to do his little... Yeah. Anything else you'd like to say? Just that good. Just thank you for having me. Oh, hi to my um, 
beloved sorority, Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. Oh, there yeah. we go. To the ladies of the blue and white. There we go. Okay. I'm glad you didn't forget that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that would, that would have been terrible. Yeah, think again. Anything else? That's it. <laughs> Thank you. I, th- I was going to ask you about that earlier. I forgot. So I knew you were a sorority. Uh, I didn't know which one, but yes. that's a yeah. big deal. Yeah. And we'll have some future guests coming on soon. And yeah, and send us those those names and just send them to me way. and I'll make sure you got them. Yeah, yeah that'll be yeah. awesome. And I'll put a link to your um, Instagram in the in the bio so you guys can listen on Spotify, Apple Music, and watch along on YouTube. And that's it. Welcome or uh, not welcome. <laughs> Thanks for being on the hill, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Thank you. Thank you for listening to On The Hill. Like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. See ya.